Hello and welcome to Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, or just Dr. Book for short. I'm a community pharmacist and an herbalist dedicated to serving my clients in the best way that I know how. I'm bringing you this podcast to share with you like-minded pharmacists and herbalists that want to work alongside each other and share similar visions for patient care. Please enjoy the show. Hi, dear listeners. Today, I had so much fun recording a fascinating conversation with Andrea Beeman. Andrea and I both graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and Arbor Vitae School of Traditional Herbal Medicine, which is how I first learned about her work. She's a force to be reckoned with and a source of pure inspiration. Andrea runs a successful health coaching practice, teaching both patients and other practitioners about how to heal from the inside out using natural whole foods and herbs. She's a chef, health coach, herbalist, educator, speaker, author, podcaster, and TV celebrity. Tune in to listen to Andrea's personal stories, passion, and mission to support health and happiness. Hi, and welcome to the show. We have with us today Andrea Beeman, speaker, educator, health coach. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? You're probably better equipped at that. <laughs> well, uh, first and foremost, I'm a fabulous human being and very, very modest. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a health coach, an herbalist, a natural food chef, and an educator most, uh, most of all. Uh, I love to share ancient healing wisdom with the modern people because they need it more than ever. That's for sure. You take a look around and you see the high rates of disease and dysfunction and all the crap that's going on, and and they need to really get back to some basics. So, um, so that's my job. I get to share knowledge with people, and uh, and then I get paid for it, which is always nice. That is very nice. Sounds like a fair and honest exchange there. Uh, Why don't you also tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you came to do this kind of work? Uh, Well, I grew up, I'm a native New Yorker. I've been here 51 years, going on 52 years. I grew up in Queens, New York, and then moved to Manhattan about 25 or 26 years ago. Um, I got into this work from sickness, like most people do. You know, that something is going wrong in the body and modern medicine doesn't have an idea how to fix it, right? They, they just take a battery of tests and will give medication after medication after medication, but it doesn't actually get to the root cause of what's going on. So um, for me, I, I came to be a natural food advocate, you know, and a natural alternative healing advocate through sickness. And the first sickness that I encountered was my mother's battle with cancer. In the 1980s, she was diagnosed with um, uh, breast cancer, and she had a radical mastectomy back then. They took off the breast, all the lymph nodes, and, you know, they really did radical, a radical surgery. And then she had chemotherapy and radiation and all that stuff. And um, after her treatment, she was okay, meaning she would go for her yearly checkup with the doctor, and every year she was fine. There was no more cancer. There was it was all gone. And and after five years of going for this yearly checkup, checkup, uh, she was considered cancer free, not to have any more worries. But she still considered she was a good, you know, a good uh, uh, 
doctor's patient, so she would still go for her checkups annually every year. And then 11 years after her initial uh, battle with breast cancer, she fainted. She was feeling really tired for months, and she was experiencing a pain under her left armpit. And the doctors couldn't find anything, and they ran all these tests on her, and nothing was showing up. And, and then she fainted, and we had to call the ambulance because she couldn't stand up. So we called the ambulance, take it to the hospital. Now they run even more tests, MRIs, all this stuff. And it turns out that the cancer, even though she no longer had the breast or the lymph nodes, or she, even though she was considered cancer-free years prior, uh, 11 years later, she now had that same breast cancer everywhere in her body. It was in her bones. It was in her lungs. It was in her brain. It was in her liver. It was everywhere. And uh, so we, we followed the doctor's advice. We went, you know, we did the, the t everything again, the radiation, the chemotherapy. She lost all of her hair. She couldn't, she couldn't keep anything in her body. She shriveled down to about 77 pounds. And, um, and my, dad, my dad read an article about a doctor had healed himself using a macrobiotic diet. Remember, this is now we're talking, and now we're in the early 90s, right, when this cancer came back again. And, um, and so he said, well, we have nothing to lose. Let's try it. So we did. We put her on this weird, what we called weird because we were standard American people. Um, we put her on this, you know, rice and beans and fish and seaweed and natural foods, and it didn't come out of a box, and it wasn't chemicals, and right? It, it was just food that was freshly prepared. And we noticed that a little bit of her energy came back. And we said, okay, well, we're going to try this. You know, she's She's already completely depleted from the radiation and the chemotherapy. We have nothing to lose. She's dying anyway. So we continued to, to feed her good quality foods, and I started to delve more deeply into using food as medicine and learning about, you know, the five elements of self-healing and, and how our seasons and cycles are related to health and wellness and, and all this fascinating stuff that was considered um, wacko, right, out there. Right, it's not not modern medicine. It's really bizarro, and you're using energy medicine and using uh, tai chi and qigong and all of these ancient healing techniques. And her health came back a little bit. She had, you know, she brightened up. Her her eyes were bright. She had energy to get up and get out of the house. But it wasn't enough to bring her back fully from where she was. And she died about a year and a half later. And um and it planted in me a seed that. Well, I live in America, and there's a lot of sickness going on here. So if I ever get sick, because I probably will, so many people are getting sick, I said, I'm going to try this natural way of healing first before doing anything radical. And that's what I did. About uh, five years after my mom died, uh, she died when I was 24. So when I was 28, uh, I was having extreme rapid heartbeat. Um, anxiety, depression, my nails were peeling, my hair was falling out. Um, I, I couldn't, the, the rapid heartbeat was really, really scary. And I had this really large goiter in my neck. So I go to the doctor and the doctor says, listen, you have hyperthyroid. That's why your, your heart is beating out of control. And you're going to need to take radioactive iodine and then be on synthroid for the rest of your life. And I said, as soon as the doctor said to me, radioactive iodine, I said, I don't want radioactive anything anywhere near my body. I saw how that affects people. I said, I'm not going down that route. 
And uh, and I said, listen, Doc, I said, thanks for your advice. I said, but I'm going to change my diet and my lifestyle. Because at the time, I was working at MTV Networks, and um, and I was living a pretty crazy cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs lifestyle, <laughs> lots of coffee and stimulants and drinking and partying and, you know, staying out until the cows come home and rock and roll and all that stuff. And um, and I said, I'm going to change my diet and my lifestyle. My doctor said, your diet and your lifestyle have nothing to do with your disease. And I said, okay, I understand that that's what you've been taught, but I'm going to try it first and see what happens. So I did. Uh, I went home and I, like overnight in 24 hours, I changed my diet, my lifestyle. I got off all the, the stimulants, the coffee, the crap I was eating, the pints of frozen yogurt I was having every night. I got off all of the, the bull crap food and I started to eat, you know, this natural diet. <laughs> and within four months, I dropped 25 pounds. Uh, my hair stopped falling out. My nails stopped splitting. My goiter was shrinking. And I went back to the doctor. I was feeling amazing. I was going to the bathroom every day, which was a miracle for me because I was a chronic dieter. And uh, and I go back to the doctor, and the doctor says, um, uh, well, you know, your thyroid levels are changing. They went from dangerously high to just above normal. I think it was like two points above normal. She said, but um, it's going to come back. So, you know, you have to take this medication. And I said, thanks so much. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. So I left the doctor's office, and for two years, um, I kept going back for blood work at a different doctor every single time. I went, because, I, you know, I had, had insurance at that time. I haven't had insurance in 20 years now. But at that time, I was still working in MTV Network. So I would go to a different doctor every single time to see if I would get a different diagnosis, and I did. First, I was hyperthyroid. Then I was hypothyroid. Then I was Hashimoto's. <laughs> so, so the truth is, I was always, I, I had an autoimmune thyroid condition. So had they radiated my thyroid years prior, I would not, I would never have been able to heal it. It would have just kept coming back even without a thyroid. And I see that with, with clients that I work with today. They'll get their thyroid radiated, but then the same symptoms that they had, they just keep coming back over and over and over again. So um, I healed my thyroid condition. It's been 25 years. I'm 51 now. That happened, or 23 years. Uh, I had, that happened when I was 28. So I've been teaching ever since, and I've been delving more and more deeply over the past two decades into alternative forms of healing. Um, you know, I love Chinese medicine. I love Japanese medicine. I love all of that stuff. You know, and then I guess about, I don't know, maybe uh, seven years ago, I got married when I was, uh, got married in 2012. So right when I got married, I started suffering with these weird bizarro symptoms that I never, I never experienced before. Deep, deep, deep depression. Every single bone in my body ached. I, I lost my, my purpose and my vision in life. I didn't know literally what I was doing in the world and who I was doing it for. I was completely lost. And, um, and I was diagnosed with Lyme. And that's how I found herbal medicine, right? God bless herbal medicine. God bless the plants. I, uh, <laughs> I thought, yeah, God bless the plants. Because, you know, I was, I was using food as medicine for many years. I had moved away from macrobiotics, you know, a long time ago, maybe 15 or 20 years ago. But I, I still kept food as medicine, you know, not so stringent, not so strict, uh, certainly not vegan or vegetarian, although I was for many, many years. And, um, and I just used 
everything that was available to us via food. And now I had another another tool in my toolbox, and that was herbal medicine. It was um, something that I hadn't used. Like I've always used culinary herbs in my food, um, but I've never used wild herbs, wild crafted herbs. And so that was a game changer for me as well. And um, and that was about seven years ago. So I, I studied herbalism. I got my um, my degree. I I love it. I love using the herbs. I love sharing that knowledge with my clients. I love creating their protocols, you know, their food protocols, and then putting in some herbal teas and some tinctures. And um and I'm I'm really happy with uh, the direction that my career has taken. And uh, and I'm going to continue doing this until I have to retire. You know, I don't know when that'll be. You know, I'm hoping to go up into my 80s. Uh, so that's my story. Did I did I give you enough? Do you need more, Marina? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was a lot to dissect there. So first yeah. of all, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom, and so sorry about her disease and her passing. But I'm also so inspired by your story about your mom and about your own illnesses and how you took charge of your health, even though the medical professionals no matter how many times you switched over to a new doctor, they would tell you the same thing and a different thing, but always um, trying to do the conventional and telling you that food and lifestyle have nothing to do with it. That's pretty discouraging to hear from a medical professional, I would imagine. Well, you know, like I understand, yeah, I understand that that's what they've been taught, you know, like they need to be retaught, you know, like Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine who was or is you know he's always attributed to modern medicine he actually said that you you know we have to use food as medicine that's you have to look at the person and look at their diet their lifestyle and their environment and their connection to uh spirit so to speak and none of that is in is in the modern medicine schools right so here you have this guy that is considered the father of modern medicine and none of his protocols actually have made it into the modern medical books. It's crazy. Like, when the doctor signs, when he takes his oath to be a doctor, it's the Hippocratic oath. Thou shalt not do harm, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's, it's crazy the way things have kind of got lost, like literally lost, Marina. You know, like, and so this this knowledge needs to come back. And I don't have any anger towards the doctors. I just know that they have been educated with only one piece and not given the whole piece of the puzzle. So they're they're in the dark as well. So they don't know. They don't know any other way except what they've been taught in medical school, which is if there is a symptom, you stop the symptom and that you know, you give a medication, you take an organ out. That's what they've been taught taught. And it's um it's lacking in so many areas. It's uh you know, like, right, like, okay, let's say uh, your gallbladder is not functioning well. Well, in, in modern medicine, it's like, okay, well, just come on, take the gallbladder out, right? Goodbye, right. Gallbladder. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, half a lung, goodbye, 27 feet of your intestine, right? So they just, you know, they, they're not thinking long term. It's, um, and, and that's useful if we're only dealing with the short term and trauma, meaning if somebody gets hit by a car, they don't come to my my office, they're not going to meet with me to learn protocols for prevention and healing of disease. Somebody gets hit by a car, they are in a traumatic accident, go directly to the hospital. Trauma is where these people excel, right? So, you know, we have to 
acknowledge them for what they do really well and then um, reschool them or reteach them uh, some things that I believe that they need to know. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, I have a question. So all the doctors that you would switch over, um, did any of them later come back and ask you how you healed yourself? Like, were they inspired at all to look deeper into it, or did they consider it a fluke? No, it was it was mostly a fluke. It was most that's what they considered it mostly a fluke. Fluke. I mean, I have doctors today that you know the doctors that I see today are alternative and integrative practitioners who are much more open minded. You know, and uh, when they have clients that are suffering with thyroid conditions. They actually send them my way. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I believe that there's a, an awakening that's happening on many levels, um, including with the modern med- medical professionals. They are, they're, they're looking elsewhere for knowledge because they have also been, you know, they're, they're looking at what they've been taught and they're questioning it. Like um, I, I speak at the Integrative Healthcare Symposium every year, and um, These are doctors, right? These are doctors, nurse practitioners. I actually, even two years ago, I was asked to speak at uh, a conference for Norton Healthcare, which is the largest hospital corporation down in the South, and they wanted me to talk on healing the whole body, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual, right, bringing these pieces back together again. So there is an awakening, um, but it's it's like – it's like uh, chipping away at the stone, so to speak, because there's a, a, an infrastructure that is so embedded in place that it's really hard to get around it. Even our healthcare system, like, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, I haven't had healthcare or a health insurance policy in over 20 years because that healthcare system doesn't support me in the way that I want to serve myself, right? So I pay out of pocket. I go to my integrative practitioners. They don't take health insurance. I go to my my energy worker, she doesn't take health insurance. I go to my acupuncturist, she doesn't take health insurance. I know all these people that I go to my herbalist, they don't take health insurance. So um, for me to to be in that, that entire system needs to be restructured because it doesn't serve people. Um, at least it doesn't serve people for health. It serves them for disease, meaning it, it should be renamed the disease care system. Because once you get in there, you're just, you're dealing with disease, you're keeping that disease going, it's all about the disease and the disease, and, and it, it, it's not actually getting to any any form of healing of the disease. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you this medication, this medication is going to have side effects that contribute to these other conditions and these other diseases. So you're put into a system that is a disease care system, and once you're in there, it's really hard to get out. Yeah, uh, a lot of wise points you made there. And as a pharmacist and herbalist myself, I definitely agree with you about a lot of the flaws of our health uh, system as well as our insurance policies. So in your opinion, should we do away with insurance? Is that part of the problem? Or how would a perfect health care model even look? Gosh, that's a really, really big question. You know, I don't know if there is a perfect healthcare model because the first thing that you have to do is you got to take it all the way back to school. And I'm not talking about medical school. I'm talking about our kids. What are they being taught? They actually need to be taught when they're in the primary grades, right? When they're molding their brains 
They need to be taught about the body in a healthier way and how to support it because this, this is the thing that they're living in. So until we get people reconnected back to their body and its systems, then we can't really support them. You know, like um, the kids, they, they think that Reese's penis, Reese's pieces, right? So they think that's a meal, right? They go to school and they, they think that, that, uh, you know, like getting like those little snack bars or those gummy bears or that kind of stuff is like food. It's not really food. It's, it's substances, but it's not, you know, food at its core should be nutritious. It should be nutrition that feeds the body. So I think that a perfect healthcare system, it's almost like, um, the whole entire thing needs to implode and then be built up again in a, in a different form. You know, you take the kids, you teach them, okay, this is an apple rather than a gummy bear, right? This is, this is food. And it doesn't mean they can never have the junk because they, you know, they, like, look at the whole society, Marina. It's, it's so big. I can't even wrap my mind around it. You know, they're being fed all this information from the time that they're little, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? Like all those the kids' cereals and all that crap. So they're, they're growing up thinking that that's food. And it's not necessarily food. It's substances that will keep you alive but not healthy. So I think that we need to go back to the basics and start to teach what is real health and wellness and get the kids reconnected to their bodies, feeling healthy, feeling happy. You know how many kids I know that just are loaded with allergies and they, how does a kid not have energy? How is that even possible that a kid does not have energy? Kids are like, they're like, they just got here, right? They have this <laughs> abundance of energy from the universe. They literally just got here with new kidneys and new adrenals, brand spanking new, new everything. It's like a brand new car out of the showroom. How is it that a five-year-old doesn't have the energy to uh, to play, you know what I mean? Like, uh, how is that possible? And I, I know that in each passing generation, we're getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and it's because of the choices that we're making, the overall choices that we're making every single day with what we put into our mouth and what we put into our mind and what we put into our hearts. So the answer to that question, like I said, is really, really big. It's, it's so much bigger than I can even comprehend. Um, and it, it kind of makes me sad sometimes, but it also makes me happy because I can see that there is a shift and a change happening in the world. So I, I hang my hat on that and, and keep the hope and keep the faith that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, there's definitely a disconnect. As you said, some kids don't even know how vegetables look like or how they yep. grow in the ground or on trees or wherever it may be. So I think there's just such a disconnect between not only mind-body, but also nature, like our connection to nature, us being part of nature, us eating natural foods that exist in nature rather than modifying them, changing mm -hmm. them, processing them, etc., loading them with chemicals and even yep. growing them with chemicals. So, yeah, I agree. There needs to be a lot of... Um, from the ground up changes for it to ricochet and have a butterfly effect on everything. But yeah. uh, but I also agree that there is a collective consciousness and more and more people are questioning why things are done the way they are and giving voice to what we're talking about. And even medical practitioners uh, also want to educate themselves and 
are enlisting in herbal programs and going to the integrative conferences and learning more about how to serve their patients in a more holistic way. So I'm really happy to see that as well. Yeah, it's nice, right? It's nice to see that. Yeah, it's nice to be part of that. So uh, tell us about your books. You have a lot of books out. What is what is the overall message? You could talk about each of them or, you know, just overall. Oh, well, I have four books. The first one is Memoir. It's about how I first started my journey, like my mom's journey with cancer and then my journey with thyroid disease. So it's like an inspirational, you know, get up and go and you can do this too, right? I'm not, um, I'm not a miracle child, right? I was sick just like, just like somebody else was sick and I was suffering just like somebody else is suffering. But there's nothing that I have that any other human being does not have, right? I think that mm-hmm. we're all born, the human body is perfect in its design, and we're all born with this innate ability to heal, but we just shut it off. We shut it off for a long time. So that's like an inspirational memoir. And that one's called The Whole Truth, How I Naturally Reclaim My Health, and You Can Too. And then my second go- my second book is The Whole Truth Eating and Recipe Guide, which is like a it's like a companion buddy to that book. And it talks about organic food and eating clean and we are what we eat. And it's got all of the information that you need to know, to know about what kind of foods uh, to put into your body and why, how they affect you on a physical level, energetic level. And then, of course, there's some really easy recipes. I'm all about ease. It's got to be easy. I, I, I don't want 20 different ingredients in a recipe. Uh, I'm a home cook. Uh, so uh, the easy recipes are in there as well. And then the next book is called Health is Wealth, Make a Delicious Investment in You. And this is for the people, because over the years I've had people tell me, Andrea, I cannot afford to eat organic, I can't afford to eat clean. So this is for those people, the people that think that they can't afford it. And I show them how to do it, how to eat clean in the most um, affordable ways, right, buy in bulk. Uh, you know, shop at the, you know, join a CSA for gosh sakes, right? So all of that is, is incorporated into that book as well as I think there's about 50 recipes, easy recipes in that book as well, including um, how to make meals work. You know, like make one meal in the beginning of the week and you can use it for like 10 different meals, right? You know, you use the leftovers here. It's, it's like grandma cooking, right? Your grandma used everything or great grandmas, right? Use everything that they could, every single piece of everything. I even save all of my scraps and put them into a plastic baggie in the fridge, in the freezer, right? All of my, the ends of my carrots and my uh, onion skins, those all go into the freezer and I use them for stock, right? So this is a great way to save money. And that book teaches you how to do it, how to save money, how to make the best investment in your food and in your body. Um, and then my fourth book, um, because people kept asking me, you know, please write a thyroid book. So my fourth book is Happy Healthy Thyroid, um, and it's a it's a fun book, and it's all about what's going on in the world and how to support the thyroid as well as the entire endocrine system and nervous system, but the body as a whole. And it looks at the thyroid as the master communicator. So the thyroid lives on the endocrine system with all of its brother and sister glands, but according to ancient medicine, the thyroid was the fifth chakra and our ability to express ourselves uh, creatively and our ability to express our needs and uh, our ability to, to speak our truth. So 
I believe that there is so much thyroid disease happening right now because the thyroid is literally speaking to us and saying, hey, you're out of balance. Hey, come on. Go to bed on time. Eat well. Take care of yourself. The thyroid is literally talking. So this book is um, it's all about the thyroid, but it's bigger than the thyroid. Uh, and it will get you into balance. And, of course, there's over 50 recipes in that, in that book as well. Um, and I, I loved writing my books. And when I was writing my books, every single book that I wrote was turned down by publishers and agents um, because, A, I wasn't a doctor. I couldn't say what I said about pharmaceuticals, right? You know, like, you know, like, who, who, who are you to say that? You're not a doctor. And I'm not anti all pharmaceuticals. I think there is a time and a place for those as well. But I think that we are abusing them in such big degrees. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and just like doling them out like they're candy. And, and that's just not benefiting the liver. It's not benefiting the kidneys. It's not benefiting the brain. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot. So I was, I was, you know, told, you know, you're not, we can't publish you. We're not going to publish you and, and all this. So I self-published every single one of my books. I started with the first one, the second one, the third one. And then um, I think the third one, a lawyer came to me and said, hey, listen, you should really take this book to a bigger press, you know, take it to a bigger audience. Or maybe it was the fourth one. I'm not sure. Um, take this to a much bigger audience. So we went and we tried to go get it published. And again, I got turned down left and right. And um, and on the last book, I think it was the last book that I published. On the last book, uh, the uh, agent said to me, um, uh, do you have a TV show? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a cable channel. I, I host a show called Set Up. Uh, we did 53 episodes. And, the, and the, the agent goes, is it a major network? And I said, no. He goes, no, I'm not going to take this project on. And I was like, oh, okay. I just published this one myself, too. So this, you know. Uh, there's a lot of resistance in the world uh, to a lot of things, but I think that the the ability and the strength to keep going forward, regardless of what people say, um, is a way to uh, is a way to express yourself, right? So I I believe that human beings are expressions, right? We are uh, we're creative expressions, and um, and my creative expression personally won't let anybody squash me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, nope, I'm not going to go for that. <laughs> I'll, find, I'll find my own way to get it done. Um, so a little bit of stubbornness, which I inherited from my father, which I love. Um, and and that's, those are my books. Wow, that's fascinating. I'm so glad you didn't let anybody discourage you from your passion and your dream. And you were determined to get your truth out there, which is great. And now everybody can have a chance to read that and learn from that. Um, So how did the writing actually happen? Did you uh, start writing based on your own experiences or after you already had started coaching and seeing results? How did that all happen simultaneously? Um, Well, I was was giving cooking classes out of my apartment in New York City. And after every class, my students would say, Andrea, please write a book, please write a book, please write a book, please write a book, for years. So my first book, I didn't start writing until I was already four years, maybe three or four years into my business uh, as a health coach. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I woke up in the morning and I started writing it and I took writing classes and, and, uh, and I got it done. And, and it just, um, 
you know, it's, it's like having a baby. <laughs> it's really a lot of <laughs> gathering of resources and writing and, and grunting and groaning. And then finally, boom, it gets birthed into the world, right? Um, so it, it was it was a long process and a hard process, but uh, just like giving birth, it's worth it, right? At least that's what I hear from mamas. I know a lot of mamas, and they're like, man, it was traumatizing, and I was swollen for nine months. And then, oh, gosh, <laughs> I look at my baby's face, and I'm like, it was so worth it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, how did you, how did you decide to do the cooking classes? Was that something that you were formally trained to do or was that part of your health coaching packages? Um, no, I was not formally trained to do it. Actually, um, uh, one of my teachers, right, Joshua Rosenthal, who was the CEO and founder of the Institute for Integrated Nutrition, um, he, I said to him at the end of the year, I, I took his class when they were live. He used to have live classes and only 60 people in the class when I took the class back in 1999. Um, and at the end when I graduated, I said, uh, I want to teach cooking classes. So should I go to cooking school? Should I go to learn how to be a chef? And he just pushed me away with his hand and he says, he says, no, just go teach a cooking class. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, what? I said, I don't have any experience. <laughs> How am I going to teach a cooking class? And he goes, trust me, just, just go teach a cooking class. So I said, okay. <laughs> I, I, I uh, asked one of the other girls in the school. I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little cooking demonstration at my apartment. Do you want to come? And she was like, yeah, of course. And I invited one of the girls at work because I was working at MTV Network. And I said, oh, you know, I'm going to teach a little cooking demo. You want to come? So the two girls came to my apartment. They sat in my kitchen. I showed them how to make a pumpkin pudding using um, uh, squash, uh, winter kabocha squash. Um, I think at the time I used, like, some kind of uh, milk, maybe a soy milk I was eating back then. I'm not even sure. A uh, Soy milk, some maple syrup, some cinnamon, and I used agar flakes to thicken it or, uh, or kuzu. No, I used kuzu. <laughs> I used kuzu. This was, like, nice. so long ago. And um, – and I made that one dish, right? And they watched and they watched and they were so excited. And what do you do with this? And how do you do that? And um, and then they sat down and they ate it. And they're like, oh, my God, this is so delicious. Oh, my God. And one of the girls, after she finished, she goes, can I have the pot? Because there was a pot with all the, the leftover stuff in it. And she just took her spoon and started eating out of the pot. And I was like, wow, look at this. People are so hungry for food and information that they loved it. They ate it up. It was just, you know, I was, and, and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can give a cooking class. So then I set up cooking classes in my living room, in my little tiny New York City apartment. I set up these wow. cooking classes with uh, these little burners that I put onto a, um, a table, uh, you know, a table that I would roll into the living room. And I invited all of my neighbors in my building. And I invited all of my uh, co-workers at MTV Networks, and I just, you know, gave them a little pamphlet and a flyer saying, hey, I'm teaching a cooking class. You know, uh, it's going to be on heart health. Uh, it's going to be on um, how to properly cook grains. It's going to be, I changed the topic every single month, how to make beans, uh, why eat seaweed, um, you know, uh, liver health, kidney health, you name it. I, I, I How to support your hair, healthy skin. Uh, and I would just teach classes every single month. 
And, you know, the first month I had four people, and then I had five people, and then I had ten people, and then I had 20 people. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I can go and teach in other places, too. So I started teaching at um, the Natural Gourmet Institute uh, in New York City. That was Amory Colvin's school. And uh, and I went there, and I applied for the job, and and I got the job, and I would teach the continuing education classes, and I loved that. And, and in those classes, we could have 25 and 30 students, you know. It was, it was really a lot of fun. And uh, and I ta- also taught at the Open Center. And uh, I taught, I think, one class at ICE. Um, so it, it was fun. And now, you know, I have classes online. So, like, I, I teach from a platform called learnitlive.com. And my I teach classes, and I can have 125 people in a class, and they're watching via their computer. Now, they don't get a tasting. Right? They have, actually have to go and try the recipes themselves. So, you know, some classes I'll have 50 people. Some classes I'll have 75 people. And that's stuff you can find on my website, uh, com. You can see all the cooking classes that I have. You can see all the classes that I teach, um, all the events I have coming up. I'm always doing something in the health and wellness world because I like it. I really, really like my job, and I really like sharing it knowledge with people and I like sharing recipes and I like sharing food and I like sharing love and good energy and good vibes and uh and the only way that I can do that is to get out there in the world and not stay hidden right stay hidden and wait oh yeah I'll get my degree this is what I hear from a lot of the students that I teach well I'll get my degree and then uh, I won't do anything with it you know I'm too scared I'm too nervous I right I I I don't feel qualified enough. I need to take another class and another class and another class. And I tell them, listen, you're going to continue to take classes. I'm 51 and I still take classes. I take classes all the time. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine if I would have waited 25 years to start my business? It, it, you have to start your business and continue your education along the way. That's the way that it works. Yeah, I love that, that you just went out and did it. Joshua's advice seemed to pay off. And you even got hired to be a chef without that training that you were considering to take. So that's yep. pretty amazing. So I noticed that you do have a lot of offerings online for your programs, and you have some that are particularly targeted for practitioners. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your program? So I do have a lot of programs. And the ones that I have for practitioners, like I have my New Healers Master Coaching Program, and that's for health coaches, wellness practitioners, Reiki masters, um, energy workers. It's um, it's using some of the ancient knowledge, right? So understanding the organs in the meridian systems and how they manifest in the physical body and what, what it looks like, right? So somebody could have an organ system that's struggling, but they don't know it. And it doesn't show up on a blood test or an x-ray because when – Modern medicine is wonderful at detecting disease when it has already manifested. But the idea that I try to teach the practitioners is we're in the business of prevention. We're in the business of prevention and healing disease, right? So if we're in the business of prevention, then you need to know what to look for to prevent somebody from having the heart attack 15 years from now, to prevent somebody from having the adrenal fatigue and the exhaustion, um, to prevent somebody from having cancer. Right, so this is this program is designed to teach them how to understand visual diagnosis, organ and meridian diagnosis. Actually, I'm not allowed to say diagnosis. 
I can, I can get arrested. <laughs> so I say visual assessment, uh, organ and meridian assessment, uh, chakra okay, assessment, right? Um, that changed the game, right? Uh, so that program is designed to just show them how to understand the body in a deeper way and what it's saying that it needs. And then what are the specific foods, you know, like if the heart is out of balance, um, you know, and they're craving chocolate, yeah, there's a reason why they're craving chocolate because the bitter flavor is draining, right? So it's going to be the bitter flavor in, in ancient medicine is both um, uh, strengthening but also draining, right? It's yin and yang. So, like, if somebody's craving chocolate all the time, I know that there's a couple of things going on, and this is what I teach the students. So, if they're craving the sweetness from the chocolate, it means that their energy is too low. And if the energy is too low, well, we want to boost the energy up with nutritive sources, not with stimulants, right? So, that would be your ginsengs, and that would be your ashwagandha, and all of the roots that are deeply nourishing. Um, And if they're craving the bitter flavor, but they don't know it, then I actually have to give them bitter foods without the sweets or bitter herbs without the sweets so that it could stimulate the production of bile, the pancreatic enzymes. It could go into the process of stimulating the digestive system to clear the digestive system, to clear it so that the heart doesn't get congested. And I know that uh, for those of you that don't understand the the way that the body works from the ancient perspective, if the liver is congested, it affects the heart, right? So the liver is part of the digestive system as well as the detoxification system. So we got to get that, that system moving to support the heart energy. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many things. I, <laughs> you know, I got to talk for hours about this. So this yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is about understanding the body from a deeper perspective and supporting it in a preventative way. And actually, um, uh, Richard Mandelbaum, who is the founder of Arba Vite, I love the way that he teaches so much that I hired him to do module number three in the New Healers Master Coaching Program. And it's herbs according to the five phases. Um, and then, of course, we have the emotional and spiritual assessment. And, and so this is, this is really to give the pr- practitioner another tool. It's not a certification. It's just a, another tool for understanding and assessing the body so that they can work more effectively and confidently with people. Um, so that's what I have for practitioners. I also have for those people that want to understand food and they want a certification, I also have the holistic health cooking certification. And those were live classes that I did that were uh, repackaged uh, in one program uh, and reduced the cost so it's not so expensive. And, and that is, teaching about the different organ systems, the foods and the herbs that are uh, good for each of those organ systems. Um, and that's the holistic health cooking certification. And um, and that's a lot of fun. And then, of course, I have programs for the general population. Um, the nourishing thyroid health is for general population, people with thyroid pr- problems. But also I've had lots of practitioners come through uh, because they want to, they're getting tons of thyroid clients and they want to know how to work with them better. And then I have the food as medicine program. That's four modules of just understanding how to use food as medicine. It's really, that's a fun one. It's probably my least expensive online program. Um, and that's, that's a lot of fun as well. I mean, they're all fun. <laughs> you know, the way I teach is that it's got to be enjoyable. You know, I'm not like 
I don't want to ram something down someone's throat and say, eat this or die, right? It's like it's much <laughs> gentler and more fun and lighthearted than that because laughter is also good medicine. Absolutely. So you also mentioned the television show Fed Up, and I know you also run a podcast of your own. So can you tell us a little bit about those? Oh, yeah, Fed Up. Um, gosh, we filmed those, uh, oh, my God, it was so long ago. I, I was on a show called Top Chef. Uh, this is, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 years into my business. <laughs> I did a show called Top Chef. And, wow. Oh, no, maybe it was seven, it was seven years into my business. Um, one of my, one of my clients said, Angie, you should really be on a cooking show. And I was like, ah, oh, not really. I don't really know. And then she sent me a link to this show that was looking for chefs. It was, I was on first season, season one. And, um, so I sent in a link to my website and the producer called me the next day and said, okay, I'd like to come and see you. And boom, I got on Top Chef. Right. So that was a lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> so from Top Chef, from Top Chef, this producer saw me. He lived out in California, and he was starting up a new network called Berea Network. And he saw me, and he sent me an email, and he said, hey, um, uh, I, I, I'm on this new network, um, and, um, you know, I think he was the executive programming director. I'm not sure. The president of programming directing, I'm not sure. And, um, and he said, we want you to, to come to a show on our network. Um, it'll be a vegetarian cooking show, and um, – We'll pay you $1,100 an episode, and we'll give you 13 episodes. What do you say? And I said, thank you so much. I'm really flattered, but um, I'm not actually a vegetarian. I said, I know that Top Chef, they edited me as a vegetarian because I refused to purchase any animals that were not naturally raised. I said, but I'm not actually a vegetarian. So I said, thank you very much, and, you know, good luck with the show. So he got angry, and he said, he said, what? He sent me back an email. He goes, are you kidding me? I just offered you $1,100 an episode, 13 episodes. All you got to do is cook some goddamn vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, I understand that. I said, but I don't just want to cook vegetables. I said, if someone's in a state of deficiency, they need, need more than vegetables. I said, I'm in, the, I'm in the business of healing. And I don't want to put any, any information out there that I don't think is going to be complete. Um, so... So he says, okay, I'm going to be in New York. I want, I want to meet with you. He goes, as he flew over to New York, he met with me, and he goes, okay. He goes, I'm not used to having people turn down money like that. He goes, <laughs> he goes what, what if you had a show, what would that be? And I said, well, my idea of the perfect show would be teaching people many different healing modalities from all around the world and every culture to show them healing on many different levels, food, energy, lifestyle, you name it. And he goes, okay, so he hooked me up with another producer, and we created a show called Wise Up. And we shot uh, 12 or 13 episodes of Wise Up, and I traveled around the country, and I went to spas, and I went to health centers, and we just did wow. it. It was a, a, such a great show. And then they said, okay, now after Wise Up, he goes, now let's do a cooking show with everything that you want to do. And I said, great. So we did set up and we shot 53 episodes. You know, like uh, we did the first season was uh, 13 episodes. And then we did another season. It was another 26 episodes because there was a huge demand for it. Um, so we shot 53 episodes. And, um, and that was a great show. It was a great show and I loved it. And then the network was bought by another network in India. Like the network was 
was an Indian network, and then it was bought by a bigger network, and it changed to ZTV or Z Living, um, and they changed all the production people. So then we didn't renew. We didn't get because I think they wanted to go more vegetarian. I'm not sure. Um, so we didn't renew. But I got to tell you, I got such a big fan base in India. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't in India and Pakistan and, you know, like European countries. I'm famous. It's unbelievable. Um, so, uh, so that was the story of Fed Up. Uh, so I haven't done any television shows since Fed Up, although I did do a lot of news. Um, I met a news producer who put me on the the CBS News all the time, whenever they had a health and wellness segment. Um, so I do a lot of news stuff. And then um, for the past three years, I have a, a Healthy View podcast with two other health coaches, and we're finishing that. We're not we're not going to move on further with that one. So my husband has been bugging me for about five years to do my own podcast, um, and uh, so I finally said, okay. <laughs> Okay, I'll do my own podcast. Um, so we're gonna for 2020. I'll roll out a podcast. I haven't figured out what it'll be yet, but it'll be fun. I like to have fun. I like to share. You know, this this work really makes me happy. So I'm gonna do it until I can't do it anymore. Um, so that's what's coming up in 2020. But until then, I still have all my online programs. I still have clients in every country around the world. I meet with them via Skype. Uh, online, you know, I, I just, um, I just love this business. I love it. I love helping people get healthy. Well, I think you answered my questions. I was going to ask you, what are your plans for the future and your overall mission? But if you, if you'd like to add anything, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, I think that's it. I think, you know, the, the podcast coming up, it'll be, you know, a podcast, but also with a video component. Um, so it'll be like, uh, you know, the the podcast, the video portion will go to YouTube and the podcast portion will go to iTunes, iTunes and the other uh, things. So I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. that tech savvy, I got to tell you. <laughs> thank God. Got it. Thank God there are other people that are more tech savvy than me. Otherwise, I have nothing. I have no online business. <laughs> I have nothing. You focus on the content, so that's that's good. You produce a lot of content, too. You also have a lot of articles and a lot of free resources and newsletters that you send out to people that sign up on your website, so that's really great. Yeah, that's what I love. I love just sharing, you know, like that content is me just sharing. So what's new? What's going on? What do I think is healthy? What do I think is not so healthy? Uh, you know, I just like to share it. Yeah, I get your newsletter. It's really fun, so I recommend it. So we okay, have just a few minutes left. Uh, if you don't mind, I have last-minute rapid-fire questions for you. Okay. All right. So what is your advice for students or just people that are interested in learning more about the holistic health model? Should they go into a more formal training? Should they do self-teaching? Like, what do you think from your experience? From my experience, they should do a combination of both. Right? So if something interests them, um, you know, like, like for example, when I was first, um, uh, when I was, when I first had the Lyme, uh, you know, I, I started reading books on Lyme and I started experimenting with all the different herbs and, um, and then after I got my taste of it, I said, I want, I want more deep. I want to go deeper in this. And then I signed up for formal training. Right? So anything that inspires you, anything that grabs your attention, Start to look at it and look at and incorporate it in your life in some way. And then when you're ready, move on to more formal training. 
So, like, when I healed my thyroid condition initially 20-something years ago, I did that on my own using stuff that I read in books, you know, like studying traditional Chinese medicine and, and applying all that. And then when I was like, okay, I healed my thyroid condition, I want to teach other people. And somebody mentioned um, the health coaching school, and I said, okay, I'll become a health coach. So I went in to become a health coach, and I, I started sharing the knowledge, right? So um, I, I think that, that we need a combination of both, really, because, you know, I, I remember um, years ago I read something that Albert Einstein said. He said, um, you know, do knitting, because knitting works both sides of your brain. So I, I went to take a knitting class, and in the knitting class I realized, Knitting is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to find out as you go through and just be experimental with everything, what is for you and what is not for you. That's great advice. Um, What's the number one thing listeners can do to improve their quality of life right now? Oh, that is a great question. And the number one thing that, listeners can do to improve their quality of life right now is to look in the mirror and accept themselves exactly as they are and love themselves no matter what. You got a pimple on your face, just love yourself. You don't like your hair, you don't like your nose, you don't like your eyes, just love yourself. Just get into a deep love for self, not in a narcissistic way, but in an in a way that you look at yourself and think, wow, I am alive. I am here on this planet, and I am here to have an experience. Let me love this journey. Let me love myself on this journey, right? And, again, not narcissistic, but really start to look at yourself differently because this is the only time you're going to have this journey in this body that you have today, right? And it's going to it's going to change, and it's going to morph, but, you know, you may come back in another body at another time, but this is the one that you got right now. <laughs> so love it as much as possible. Treat it well. Give it the best quality ingredients, and that includes uh, love and good relationships. And the first relationship is with yourself. Wow, what a deeply positive message. I'm smiling right now to myself. Uh, I'd love to know what's your favorite pastime or hobby. Uh, my favorite pastime or hobby is probably hiking. I love to go hiking with my my husband and my dog. I like um I also love learning. You know, I like to take classes and learn new stuff. Um but I'd have to say, you know, being outside. So like uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years now. And um so I have a lot of time. Like I'm not under somebody else's schedule. So in my schedule, I want to put things that I enjoy. So I enjoy going into Central Park uh, almost every day. I'll go with my dog. I, I just, I love it. I like being around the trees. I like being around the earth. Um, I live in New York City, and there's not so much earth. Right? There's a lot of concrete and a lot of metal <laughs> yeah. buildings, right? So concrete I like jungle. Around, yeah, concrete jungle. And I like being outside. So I try to do as much as I can outside. I still Great. meet with my clients inside <laughs> and do all that stuff, but I like to be outside. And what's your favorite beverage for drinking, inside or outside? Oh, it changes. It changes all year round. So, like, in the wintertime now, I like maca hot cocoa. I like herbal teas. 
Um, but in the summertime, uh, water. Just, I like water. <laughs> you know, like, just give me water. <laughs> give me something light and refreshing. Maybe a hibiscus tea. Right? So it changes all year round. Right now, when it's cold out, I really like beverages that have more substance. Uh, and then when it's warmer out, I just, watermelon juice. You know what I mean? Like watermelon juice with mint leaves. <laughs> you know? Like, I like mm. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. So it, it changes all year round. All right. Well, lastly, I want to ask you, how can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your work? They could go right to my website, www.andreabeman.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-A-B-E-A-M-A-N.com. And they could see all the upcoming classes, the events, um, all the free information that I have, and, and just get on there and enjoy it. Have a good time. <laughs> get roll around and find something fun. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, I'll have all of that information in the show notes for easy access. And I want to thank you for your time and for the work that you do. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Marina. Thanks for coming on the show and good luck with all your future endeavors. Oh, thank you. You too. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. As always, please send any questions, inquiries, requests to me. My email is marina at rawfork.com or just go on my website, rawfork.com. Leave me a note there. Thank you and have a great week ahead.